0: good day and welcome to another episode of Copra's canteen cup episode 63 this is the first time and and it seems like a long time that all three of us you know the the trace amigos which is uh spanish for the the three amigos for you non-german speakers out there but uh it's the first time that all three of us have been together in in a while it seems like uh it's also the first time that luke's been back in the States for an extended period of time. So, uh, you know, summertime, everybody's moving, everybody's, you know, shaking. I think Josh went up to to Montana to go shoot some Buffalo or something like that. Uh, I went out on a little journey out in Missouri. So, you know, welcome back to uh, both you and I guess all three of us. Uh, for those that are listening on the podcast, Carlton Zeus, you know his music, you know the intro music, uh, give him a shout out, you know, go check him out at Apple Music or www.carltonzeus.com. So I heard your guys this last episode, uh, spot on. That, that was pretty badass with the Afghan stuff. I think we got some pretty good plugs, uh, people asking about it and some of the history. and And unfortunately, I think when you look at the whole Afghan piece, we've been there so long uh you know people kind of forget, you know it's it's like the the box that sits in the corner of the room you know you kind of notice it the first day you're there you notice it the second day you're there and then after a while you just only, you don't even realize the box is there and uh with like afghanistan people don't even realize that we you know we're still over there we're still engaged uh and so i think a lot of the history and stuff is lost on folks so as a, a great job bringing that stuff around but uh i guess the big thing right now man is like the olympics right so the olympics are going on um the last thing that i saw today was viewership was down like 33%. uh i think everybody's already kind of tracking a little bit what's happened with the the women's national team, uh the soccer team they lost, you know, their first game or whatever and i think they won their, they won their second game and uh the us men's basketball team lost their first game uh which was like the first time in like 20 years or something right that you know it's, it's kind of crazy but you know josh let me let me kick this to you first i, I was kind of It's a sad day because when I was watching the women's team, well, I take that back. I didn't watch their team. I I refused to watch. Like it was literally on and and I wasn't watching it. I'll I'll go watch something else. But um, as far as that that specific sport. But when I was reading on uh, Facebook and some of the other social media platforms, you know, you got a lot of U.S. folks that are like, yeah, good. They needed to lose, you know, and and they're not necessarily rooting for the other team, uh, but they're not rooting for the U.S. team. And, and when I sit there and look at it, I'm like, man, this is a sad state of affairs when the actions of the athletes, one, two, three, or a handful, uh, actually is enough to make a, and I don't know what the percentage of the population, but you know, a, a significant percentage of the population not root for the, for the national team. So, uh, which I think is also, uh, you know, a a contributing factor to viewership and why it's down. And and it's funny because when I was reading the whole, you know, the Olympic viewer thing is down 33%, like the first thing that comes up when they ask why is it down, which they don't even give a reason, they just say, well, it's down across all sports over the last year. You know, so it's like, well, okay, that doesn't say that, that doesn't tell us why it's down. And oh, by the way, I would say it's probably the same uh, problem or uh, the same reason on why all sports are down because most most of these athletes are D-bags and you know want to take knees and this and that but uh, I'll kick it to you first Josh I mean what do you think about the women's national team uh, the Olympics in general are you watching any of it or are you just trying to catch uh, little snippets or, or what's the deal
1: so yeah so we're watching watching some of it we watch the uh the women's gymnastics floor uh, last night uh, with a little bit. Uh, they got. Oh, yeah, we missed. We we didn't watch the swimming because I went to bed early because I'm this old man bedtime for me uh, back here. Uh, you know, watch yeah, watch a little bit of it. Uh, Simone Biles, she was not 100 percent on her game on the floor, uh, which means you know she only scored like you know a nine point nine 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 out of ten. Uh, her being a little off, but and she you know, she came out and was like, "Hey, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on her. I mean, they they definitely hyped her up. And the girl is, I mean, she's amazing. Man, she's not even. I mean, she's superhuman. Some of the stuff she does. She's got four moves now in floor gymnastics named after her. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. So. Well, yeah, we're watching some of it. Watching the steps of it. I didn't catch, uh, like I said, I didn't catch the swimming. I, I saw this morning though that Ledecky uh, came in second. She lost, so that was kind of that was kind of disappointing. Um, as far as the U.S. women's team goes, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't, I did not watch it because uh, I refused to to watch them. Period. I saw Sweden, you know, Sweden drug him 3 nothing, Uh, you know, and Rapino was, I don't, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know this. I don't understand. And, you know, you take a look at, you know, some of the, what some of the folks are saying. And she's kind of been, her game itself has been trending downward, um, you know, over the years. And, uh, You know, but as far as like rooting against them, I did not root for them. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to say it like a bunch of people who, 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 you know, voted for Biden. They'll go, I didn't vote for Biden. I just voted against Trump. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not cheering for Sweden. I'm not cheering for whoever's playing the U.S. women's team. I'm just cheering against them. Right. So, (laughs) so that's, uh. Hey man, that's you know you know I I want the U.S. to do well in the in the Olympics. Um, you know I keep an eye on the on the medal count. Uh, right now we're not we're definitely not doing so hot. You know the men's basketball team. Hey man, that dream team was a long time ago, brother. That dream team was a long time ago. You know you take a look at those guys now, and I think I, I think it comes down to a lot of you know. And you go back and watch. Uh, Uh, You know, the movie Miracle, you know, about the Miracle on Ice. I think a lot of folks um, on, and I'll say that, you know, the basketball team and and the women's soccer team. And after this, I'll throw it over to Luke and see what he thinks. But a lot of folks, man, they're more worried about what's on the back of that jersey than what's on the front. And that's if you if you think it's about what's on the back of the jersey, I hope you lose. I hope you don't even place. I I hope you absolutely lose and you don't, you don't win anything because it's not about you. It's about what's on the front of that. So, Luke, what are your thoughts?
2: That's a good point. I, I, uh, I haven't watched too much of the Olympics, uh, but I've been following it. You know, I, I see who won, who lost, and all that stuff. With respect to the basketball team, I mean, anybody who's been following the NBA for a few years could see this coming. I mean, the international play is just is really uh, stepping up. And a lot of the superstars in the NBA aren't going to play in the Olympics because although, uh, you know, it's, they're not going to put this out there, a lot of their contracts stipulate that they can't because, you know, they could they could get injured and stuff. So, and, and like you said, you know, what's on the back, the name on the back is definitely more important than the name on the front, which I, I don't understand. When you have that much money, why not, you know, go get a gold medal. But, you know, back in 2004, I remember watching the Olympics in Afghanistan. Um and watching that dream team lose was just disgusting. And when Allen Iverson is out there, he's the one on the floor giving 100% and actually getting worked up about the team not playing well together. There's a problem when Allen Iverson is the one who's <laughs> like, hey, guys, we need to play as a team. And although I, you know, even though I did gain some respect for, him, for, uh, for Allen Iverson in 2004 because he was putting forth an effort, I swore off the NBA for a long time. I think I started watching it again in maybe 2010 or 11. So I stopped watching it for a while. And the fact that they lost to, I guess it was France, I thought that's hilarious. I mean, I was just like, okay, you know, now you're starting to see that these international players are no joke, man. I mean, France has got some, you know, Rudy Gobert, I think, you know. Of course, Slovenia's got Luka Doncic, you know, he's real good but hopefully the US will come together and play as a team you know i thought it was hilarious <laughs> the US like you guys that the US women's team lost to Sweden they'll probably still win gold though they are you know pretty good but one thing i noticed you know i, I did watch uh, uh, the US men's gymnastics right and i will say you know for the most part i'm not a he-man woman hater i'm not a misogynist but for the most part i would rather watch men's sports than women because it's bigger, stronger, faster, man. I like to see the performance. I like to see the dunks. I like to see, you know, fast performances, you know, high, all that stuff. But when it comes to gymnastics, the women are just better than the men. I mean, they're more graceful. Uh, The moves are more, you know, the, the men, it's all about power. You know, it's these power moves. And yeah, it's, it's amazing what they do. But when the women do it, it just it's so much more graceful. And that's where I I think it'll be you will never see a transgender going over to the female gymnastics and doing well. It just it won't happen. Um and I think that's interesting.
0: Pre opera. But they will not
2: either one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm telling you, because they will not be as graceful. There's too much power, which I, I thought was interesting, you know. Uh that would be one sport where transgender will not do well. I'm telling you, uh, as far as transitioning from male to female, but anyway, yeah, Olympics, I don't know. Everybody's, Oh, the medal count, the medal count, but you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see with track and field. I'm real anxious to see. I think I said a few podcasts ago how China does in track and field. I think that'll be interesting. Mm, that's usually where the U S catches up, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's good to be back on, a on a schedule but it you know, the tokyo olympics is on the other <laughs> side of the world so it's like josh was saying you're either watching it pre-recorded or staying up till two in the morning where it's noon the next day in japan so yeah. <laughs> i don't know but yeah so i hope to echo for those those of you in the audience uh, i mean this this new house with nothing in it so there might be a bit of an echo on on my end for the next uh Few weeks until the, the old household goods gets here. So, and if the dogs start barking, I apologize.
0: It's fine. I'm sure. Our, I'm sure our uh, audio engineer will, you know, do a good job fixing that. Whoever so, he or she may be, <laughs> which clearly is not Josh.
1: Hey, man, that guy's good. John? Whoever it is, pretty spot on.
2: Now Josh is scared for some reason. I don't know.
0: <laughs> and I tell you, with the going back to the Olympics, it's tough. Like I actually try to watch some of the Olympics uh, and some of it I can watch. I watch the the men's cycling. I watched almost all of that um, and a couple other things. But like with the NBA, you had the finals. Like I try to watch this stuff and I just can't do it. Like I Like the patriotic bone in my body, like can't watch it. I sit there and, and I try to give it a fair shot. I'm like, it's the finals, right? I mean, I, you normally try to watch the finals of whatever the sport is, whether it be baseball, football, whatever, because the, the competition you're seeing the best that's out there, and it's uh, it's tough. And I sit there and I, I cut it on, and after about three or four minutes, I'm like, I just can't do this. I just can't do it. And, and I, because the whole point, like you both said, with the Olympics, it's like the whole point is to represent your country. That is your team. Yeah. I mean, it's like. You know, hey, playing for the Lakers, and I hate the Lakers, and I'm going to take a knee for the Lakers, but you play for the Lakers. Well, yeah, well, I hate them. You know, and, and then when you look at, I, I look at when they when these folks take a knee out there, and again, in their own time, on their own time, I don't care. You do what you want. You protest however you want to or whatever. But I tell you, I kind of came up with what I thought was a good analogy. It's like when it comes to loving your country and patriotism, it's a lot like a marriage. Okay, okay. Have I done bad things in the past? Absolutely. You know, have has my wife, you know, nobody's perfect. We've all had our mistakes, we've all hit our speed bumps and this and that. So do you continue to sit there and focus which maybe this is this is why we have such a high divorce rate? Do you sit there and continue to focus on the bad things that happened in the past? Well, no. It's the well, except for women because they never forget anything. But you know, generally speaking, it's you 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 forgive and you forget, and and you don't even have to forget. You at least forgive, and you move on, and you do what you can to improve the marriage from here on out. It's not like, hey, you know, the wife didn't have dinner one night, or I forgot to go grocery shopping, and every time, oh, we're out of sugar, it looks like, Roger, it looks like you, you forgot again. Remember when you forgot back in 1992? Remember you forgot again in 96? And, you know, it's like you you don't operate backwards. It's it's over with. You learn from it, and you move forward, so that way I, I now keep a grocery list so I don't forget, you know, things to buy or whatever. Uh, but I, I look at it a lot like with these sports. It's, hey, have we had issues uh, in the past with our country? Absolutely. Do we still have issues now? Heck yeah. But you you do what you can to work forward and not backwards, uh, and not continue to live in the past. Yeah. No. So it's
1: Well you look at how young the United States is compared to you know the majority of other countries in the world. So right. basically, what you're looking at, you know, the comparison would be, you know, there's a certain expectation that I have from my teenagers, right? And do I expect them to be perfect? Absolutely not. Do I expect them to make mistakes? Of course. Because I made a lot of mistakes when I was a teenager. I expect them to make mistakes. I expect them to learn from them and grow from them, right? Yep. And that's, you know, I don't sit there and say, oh, well, you made a mistake 15, you know, you made a mistake five years ago when you were 10. So I'm going to keep bringing that up. It's, just, right. it's, it's, it's insanity, you know, but Some folks, you know, I think it was, uh, who was it, George Washington Carver... um or, or, or Booker T Washington, one of them made the comment. You know, it's like I forget the quote, but it was talking about there's a certain group of folks who like to keep the troubles. And he was talking about the Al Sharptons and the Jesse Jacksons of the world about how they've got to keep that race baiting in the news because that's how they make their money. That's what makes them relevant, right? They they, they keep those keep those troubles, and you know they're like Randy Travis out there, man, just digging up bones. Uh, they can't they can't help themselves. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that was that was good man that was a good pull dude like two of our listeners are gonna know who Randy travis is it's gonna be it maybe more <laughs> let's go i don't know. scott scott will know scott, scott will know he's one of my favorites man right here he'll appreciate that yeah he was one of my favorites growing up man he uh hate to see what happened to him later um you know stroke and stuff like Oof. that it was bad so
2: speaking of uh digging up bones this is a horrible, horrible segue. but kind of kind of dovetailing on what Roger said. Dude, I think I'm completely done with the NFL man. I'm completely done. I just I, I did not miss it last year at all. Uh, I think I mentioned I watched a little bit of the Super Bowl, I think. Kind of entertaining, I guess, but I'm, I'm just done. but I'm gonna keep giving college football a, I'm gonna keep going with that. And I think we, we message each other a little bit about this, get y'all's thoughts on this, because it affects me, because my, my team is Texas Tech. And uh, when I started, I guess when I very first started watching Texas Tech, I was a real young guy, because my dad's a big fan. And they were in the Southwest Conference, and then that turned into the Big 12. And um, I think when Nebraska came into the Big 12, it just, it that, that was a turning point. Uh, UT was not happy with that. I or did Nebraska coming to the Southwest Conference. I don't remember, but it was a problem. So UT has been formulating an exit strategy since Nebraska came in. And for those of you who, who follow college football, and it's, it's a big move for all of college football, uh, both University of Texas and OU uh, canceled their uh, Big 12 TV rights. Uh, that they're set to end in 2025, I believe. And that means basically they want out of the big 12 and they want to go over to the sec. So I want to get you guys thought on that thoughts on that. And I'll give you my thoughts, but so who, who wants to, I'll give I'll throw it to Roger.
0: I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's the big East all over again. Uh, when the teams jumped ship and went to the ACC, I think the, the, it's a different scenario because what colleges are, are realizing now is, Hey, this landscape's changing, right? Because now players can receive money Uh, based off their likeness, which, you know what, that could be a whole episode by itself because I've always stood by the, I don't believe colleges should be able to pay students directly because I believe the scholarship itself. I mean, it just shows you the value of the education. People sit here and like, you know, you've got players at Duke, you know, I should be paid. I'm like, dude, you're, you have an opportunity to get a four year degree from one of the top 10 schools, you know, in, in the country for free and play sports while you're doing that. Uh, to me, that is part of the payment. Now, However, with that being said, to make money off your likeness, I fully support that. Hey, if you're going to use my face, if you're going to use my image, if you're going to use my name, uh, I should absolutely be paid for that. And to me, that does not go hand in hand with my uh, role as a student athlete. I I think it's separate. I think it's a separate thing. Now, they're going to try to lump it in because they obviously want their money, right? The NCAA and and the big conferences or whatever. And and I think we've touched on this a couple of times. I think the NCAA is worthless. Uh, Even the president of the NCAA said, hey, they kind of see themselves having less of a role. And I love this kind of, I guess the, the analogy or the comparison is kind of like citizens and states and the federal government. Uh, I kind of, you know, I, I make that comparison where these schools are finally starting to realize like, hey, we have the power, not you, NCAA, uh, not you, you know, Big 12 or ACC or SEC or whatever. We're going to do what's best for our students. We're going to do what's best for our school. Uh, and ultimately, it comes down to money, right? So I think what's going to end up happening is a lot like what you looked at the Big East, um, because the reality is in most of your sports, it's the ACC and SEC anyway. I mean, yeah, I got the, whatever the Pac-12 is and, and, and whatever, but, uh, and, and you've had some good like USC teams that pop up, but when you look at your perennials year over year, and I'm not just talking about like football and basketball or baseball, but across the spectrum, uh, it's ACC, SEC. I mean, it, and it's been that way for a little while. And so I think with, uh, the big 12 has got to be shaken right now because they gotta be like, man, cause uh, have you heard from the big East since, since that breakup? You know, I don't even know what they're called—the Big East anymore. I think they went back to like the original Catholic schools or whatever that was there. Uh, I have no idea what happens to the Big Twelve, but I like the fact that these individual universities are starting to take control. I guess what makes me curious—and and Josh, I'll ask you this: Do you ever see a point where there aren't conferences anymore? Uh, because basically, the the conference is going to take over for the NCAA. They're going to govern their schools within that right within that 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 conference, that charter, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, you're you're replacing one form of bureaucracy with another. Do you see a point, and, and it and obviously it wouldn't happen here in the next 20, 30 years, but do you see a point where maybe conferences are gone all together and schools just operate independently through agreements with other universities because it keeps all the money within the university as opposed to going to, to a conference?
1: Possibly, uh, but that conference, I, I don't see the conferences letting that happen. I think the conferences, dude, I think they would... Dude, they would cut off their left arms before they before they allowed that happen because you think about the amount of money that you know the conference themselves pull in um, and I don't think you'll ever see that. I mean, you know, maybe everybody goes back to the way, you know, Notre Dame. It's like, hey, man, Notre Dame, like, independent forever. And it was like, we're, we're just not doing it, uh, no matter how hard people lobbied them to, uh, you know, to, to, to join their conference. As for the Big 12, I don't see – if they do not if they do not get two more teams, you know, to replace Oklahoma and, uh, and Texas, I don't see how the Big 12 stays afloat. Um, Big
0: teams. Big teams, yeah, yeah. They gotta get big teams. You gotta have big names,
1: and so they're scheduledly right. So the thing came out; it was supposed to be, you know, when their when their stuff is up in twenty twenty five, they can leave sooner than that, but they'll uh, they'll forfeit their television uh, their TV revenue, which is about a hundred and sixty million. Which you know, at the end of the day, man, when you're talking to one of these, you know, you're talking to big schools like this, that's that's peanuts. Um, on, on a lot of stuff shit that's an offensive coordinator and a head coach we're like okay yeah, that's good um, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that um, I think the most like man I tell you I think the most likely scenario is that uh, they go out and they try and you know they try and find two power five schools to come in and replace them and there's a lot of folks uh, you know UCF is making you know making overtures that they want to be part of a conference um, i I don't know if the ACC would pick them up. Um,
2: yeah. There was talk about them coming to the Big Twelve a couple of years ago, man.
1: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, I know they. I know they, there was talk last year about you know them, they wanted to be in a conference and they had kind of kicked around ACC, um, but maybe the Big Twelve reaches out and you know snatches snatches them up. Um, I, I just they have to get two power five schools in there, or else the big 12 is like, they're just, they're going to, they're going to become very irrelevant very quickly. Uh, you know, and I mean, basketball, I mean, you do have, it's not ACC. Yeah. ACC has got, you know, some of the basketball powerhouses, but man, you got Kansas out there. Dude, the Jayhawks are always in it. Uh, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to basketball, because uh, they're in
0: a weak conference It's like Gonzaga they play in a shit-ass, you know, basketball conference, so that, yeah, that they're yeah, able to, Kansas any conference where the guy, where one team has been the conference champions for like 15 years in a row, okay there's not enough disparity there in the, in the level of competition, it's, it's, it's two Kansas, different levels Yeah,
2: but they're in, they're, in, they're in the Big 12 dude, and Big 12 was really good basketball for the past three, four years
0: I think they're a good conference, what I'm saying is when you talk about your elite teams, like Kansas is an elite team, uh, but I'm just yeah. telling you this I mean, you call it how you want, it's any conference, and I don't care if it's AC I mean, I'm obviously biased towards ACC, but any conference where one team wins that conference for like 10, 15 years in a row, uh, yeah, you, you can't sell me on how, how competitive but, no, that conference
2: is. Well, the, Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the last time Kansas won a Big 12. I don't, I don't know. I, that, it's been six, eight years at least. What are you talking about? It's been a long no, time. No, as far
0: as regular season champions, they've won it like 12 years in a row. I think last year was the first year they hadn't. Hold on, I'll, I'll gurgle this.
2: Mm.
1: Keep going. Hey, yeah, what about it? Because... <laughs> What about? TCU? Anyway, I, I don't know. What's go ahead, Joshua? Oh no, I was just going to ask. What about TCU? I can't remember if TCU's what? in a conference or not. The Big Twelve. Okay, okay, that's what I TCU's Big 12.
2: Twelve. Yeah, you know, I, I truly, you know, becoming irrelevant doesn't, as a fan, doesn't bother me. I, I don't care because it was a Southwest Conference way back in the day, and it was fun to watch. Then it's fun to watch. You know, whatever as far as the big 12 being relevant, I mean, I I really don't care because it's, it's UT and OU, which I, I, you know, I know it's all about money. You know, the answer to this question is money, but I know there's a lot bigger brains at UT thinking this over uh, than mine, obviously, and all three of ours combined. And they see this as a good move, but dude, they're not Texas A&M. I mean, Texas—they're a bigger name than Texas A&M. They're a bigger draw than Texas A&M. Texas A&M went over to the SEC and they became irrelevant because they just can't hang. And guess what? Neither can neither can UT. When it comes to football, they're going to get and, and OU too. They're going to get the crap beat out of them all season long. Uh, and then when it comes time to bowl bowl season, you know they're going to be ranked you know number six, seven. They'll get a national championship one out of twenty years, same as they do now. So I mean, it's again, it's going to boil down to money. But man, recruiting—that's not going to make a dent with UT. It's not. Uh, OU, it might, but not with UT. With A and M, it made a. UT's already got the draw. They already have the draw. And going into SEC is not going to help them. But let me let me. But again, I don't give a. I do not care. I wish they'd go back to the Southwest Conference or keep it at the Big 12, bring in UCF. And there's another school they were talking about bringing in. You know, West Virginia's in the Big 12. There was another school on the East Coast they were talking about bringing in. I can't remember what school it was, but I was like, man, that would be cool. But let me me run this by you, and Roger's going to love this one. (laughs) It's Texas, right? It's Texas, you know, Lone Star, you know. Give me liberty or give me death, come and take it, all that stuff. (laughs) And on talk radio today, talk radio this morning, I'm listening to it driving around. And, you know, people are fired up because it's Lubbock, you know, and it's all all Texas Tech. And these conservative talk show hosts are all like, government's got to step in. Governor Abbott's got to step in because because now that the legislature's split and they're in they're in, uh, you know, D.C., the Democrats are in D.C. They can't vote on this. So now it's up to Governor Abbott to step in. And I'm like, what? You want the government to step in to keep these two entities from going off to another conference? I mean, on the other hand, though, UT is heavily funded by the state of Texas. I think it's in, in terms of funding. I think UT re- receives more state funding than any other university in the United States. But, yeah, I just thought that was funny. Well, I mean, and that people are like, oh, please, government, come and step they're in. They're
0: probably a bigger draw for the conference, right? I mean, because that's what it's about for the conference is they say, hey, we need expanded viewership in a region of the... And and,
2: and UT knows that. And UT, UT, you know, there's the University of Texas, like the SEC channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's, the, there's the UT channel. And UT knows that they're what drives... The Big 12, they know that. And OU wants to think that they are, but they're not.
0: Looking at the, going back to the Kansas thing, so out of the 24 years of the Big 12's existence, the Jayhawks have won twenty conference titles. That that was my point. Any team that yeah. wins twenty conference titles out of the twenty four years of existence, there's not enough disparity there in the in, in the conference. Well, when was it, so, so the
2: last time they won was what four years ago? Uh,
0: well, I mean, you figure out of the twenty four years of existence, there's only four years they haven't won it. <laughs>
2: so so was it yeah? So the last <laughs> time they won was it four years ago?
0: No, it couldn't have been. I mean, they. I think last year was the first year in a while they hadn't won the, the conference title.
2: So you pulled that number up, but you can't look up what the. Come on, man!
0: Come <laughs> Do on! Do you man. not have internet at your at your new house out there in Lubbock, or
2: you know? I want to ask you this, and maybe the audience will help us out with this one and say, Luke, you're an idiot. But so I've got five G here, right? Uh-huh. And they said as long as you're close to the router, five G is better. Yes. You know, so it so that's the case then.
0: Yeah, the problem with five G and is the so it's going to be faster. Uh, you're obviously you'll you'll pull more bandwidth and this and that, but your distance uh, is greatly impacted by 5G. So like 2.4, right? Uh, Like in your house, you set up a 2.4, you you can get, you can walk around your entire house. Whereas 5G, you've got to be within like 10 feet. At at least I've noticed that within within about like 10 feet, like if I go beyond 10 feet of wherever my hotspot or my router is, then I start to see degradation of service.
2: Well, as soon as I get the The office set up in Escobar in El Lago. It'll be right next to the 5G, so hopefully I won't have those Internet
1: issues like Josh. Man, Josh, you get your Internet fixed yet? (laughs) I haven't done anything different.
0: So it's still broke. (laughs) So it's all right.
1: So I think the Big 12, man, there's some teams out there that they could probably get in there. I don't – UT and and Oklahoma, those were – I mean, those are the two big names in the Big 12. The rest of them just don't – they're just – the, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's the Big 12. Um, so if they could pull, you know, like we were talking UCF, or they could pull like SMU or Cincinnati or one of those teams out of the AAC. Oh, it um, was Cincinnati. It was, it was Cincinnati. Cincinnati. That's who it was, Josh. Okay, Good call. Yeah. Um, if they could pull, you know, if they could pull a couple of those in there, you know, to, to round it out, I then I think they'll be all right. But if they don't, if they don't get a couple power you know, some power five schools in there, man, it's the the big twelve is, you know, it's gonna be what the ACC used to be back in the day. Yeah, yeah. When it was just like yeah. meh like nobody cares about man. them and then they got, you know, Clemson and Florida State and Miami and everybody and now it's a it's a decent conference. Um When when
2: was the last time since since Roger's on the Gurgle machine? Or maybe maybe Josh knows it off, offhand. When was the last time a non SEC or Pac twelve, or no, I'm not even. I'm going to leave Big twelve out of it. When was the last time they won a national championship of football? Who, who mm. <sighs> it, it, somebody other than the SEC or the like the Pac twelve?
1: I don't know. So I know Florida State won the title in 2013. Uh, they they won the national yeah. title. Jameis Winston, yeah, Clemson,
0: baby. right? Yeah, Clemson. Clemson okay, yeah, I mean yeah, Clemson's yeah. won okay. it a couple times okay. since
1: then. Um, yeah. All right. You know, because it was always Clemson and Alabama. Uh, Right. I I always lump Clemson in with the SEC. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) They feel so good. It feels like they should be an SEC team. Um, (laughs) Hey, man, dude, that's, you know, when Florida State joined the ACC, you know, we were, I mean, we ran the table. It was like every year we went, I think we went for the first like five years, four or five years in the ACC undefeated in the conference. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, Florida State just yeah. it, it went to shit and made my heart hurt and took ten years off my
2: life. <laughs> and Ro- Roger uh, sits there with this smug look on his face. You guys on YouTube can see it because he's a he's a, a UNC fan. He knows those were painful years, Asking brother. Basketball
0: hurt. Yeah. No, <laughs> no football. Football when Florida State joined uh, because we've always had a crappy football team. I mean, it's like we got caught cheating. And I'm totally cool with getting caught cheating. Just make sure you're winning if you're going to get caught cheating. Don't lose and get caught cheating. Okay, if I could realistically if I was a coach and I could cheat and win every 3 years and be suspended 2 years, I would do that. I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Um that yes, that, that was the problem with the Astros, <laughs> yeah. but you yeah. can't lose and then get caught cheating. It's like, so why did you exactly why, why did you actually yeah. cheat? You, you like you know, you're not I even... lose
1: you're not even good enough to cheat and win. Yeah, that's, I, I can
0: uh, I can lose without cheating, but I, I do remember when Florida State joined. Uh, so my immediate reaction was like, "Heck yeah, man! You know we're gonna be a football conference because that was the sole reason, right? We're gonna be a football conference." And then I was like, "Ooh, wait a minute, we don't have a very good football team as it is, uh, and then to go play Florida State's like, well, that's an automatic loss every year. So you just kind of chalk yeah. that up for, you know."
1: Yeah. So the sad. So to to, to cap this, the uh, the sad news out of the college football world is uh, is that former Florida State head coach Bobby Bowden uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Uh, the obviously everybody knows what that uh, that means. But he came out. He said he's at peace. He's not. There's no. He's not going to undergo treatment for it or anything like that. And uh, pretty soon a, a legend will be gone. Uh, out of Florida State, That man built Florida State into uh, into what it was. He stayed a couple of years too long, um, yeah. <laughs> but he did, he, you know. There's a couple of years like, hey, man, go out on a high note, Bobby. Go out on a high note, and he, you know, he sat there until Jimbo took took the reins. But uh, yeah, so Bobby Bobby probably won't live out the the year.
0: But you know what, I do appreciate the schools that stick by those, uh, you know, the coaching staff that, that have the loyalty to them. Cause it's like, I get it, you know, and, and every coach does it. They stay a couple years too long and, and whatever, yeah. but it's like, Hey man, this guy built this, this school, as far as the football, you know, football goes. So, Hey, can yeah. we give him a couple years to go out on his own terms? Absolutely.
1: Oh yeah. 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 And there was no, you know, there was no, there, you, you always heard the people chirping You know, starting to chirp in the editorials in the Tallahassee Democrat, which is the You know, the local newspaper back home um, You know, about, hey, you know, maybe it's time For Bobby to go and stuff like that, but the majority Of the folks were like, hey man That dude's deserved to to Call it when he calls it uh, You know, and uh, And then luckily Jimbo came in and, 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 you know, righted the ship and got A national title uh, pretty quick Because here's one thing, man There are a lot of Fairweather fans out there um, in every sport, but especially man, it comes to college football, which is like Luke man. I'm the, it's really the only sport I watch anymore. Uh, it's college football. I love college football. I love it. Uh, I don't watch really any other sports anymore. Uh, that's I watch I mean. wrestling. I can't
0: wait. That's a sport. I can't wait. <laughs>
1: hey, dude, you got to be fit for it, man. You gotta you gotta know what you're doing, or you you could really hurt somebody. So. Does uh
0: does your wife watch Roger? Uh, wrestling? No. Yeah. <laughs> That's no. the, uh, you know, I get her drunk and she passes out. And then I cut on my, I have to do that once a week because I record it. And so I, I try to like get her to pass out by 7 or 8 o'clock. And then I spend like the next three hours watching the week's episodes. And, yeah, doesn't happen. Well, because, I mean, she's full of crap, man. She's like, this is fake. I'm like, you know what? If you're going to sit here and bag on my <laughs> bag on my shows, you know, she'll watch your Chicago Fire. And I'm like, guess what? That shit's fake, too. What's the difference?
2: The, oh. Hey, let me tell you what's more fake than that than Chicago Fire is, and I, you know, I because I was talking to my sister and my brother in law the other day. Uh, they came down to visit, and um, we were talking about wrestling, and he he was the one that was talking about AEW, yep. is it called? Um, and my sister, who you would never think that she'd be a wrestling fan, she she watches it too because he got her hooked on it, like the storyline, yeah, right. The storyline, because it's, it's a bit like a soap opera, yep. you know, there's some soap opera stuff to it. It's a good writing. And um, so I was like, well, I wonder if I could get my wife hooked on that. I don't know. <laughs> But but I was thinking last night, instead of watching the Olympics by why I was like, don't you want to turn on the Olympics like gymnastics are on? She's like, no, I'm watching recorded bachelorette. And I'm like, That's fake. (laughs) That's fake. You, I'm like that's faker. If you want to call wrestling fake, I'm not saying it's fake, Roger. But I am saying if somebody wants to call wrestling fake in the Bachelorette or the Bachelor, real dude,
1: that stuff is so. Come on, man, dude, that's that's fake. That's my uh, that's my house, right? We'll watch uh, we'll watch you know the Bachelor Bachelorette. I'm like, hey, let's watch uh, let's watch anything else. (laughs) The wrestling
0: then Every now and then, Summer, you know, she'll watch and she kind of, I mean, obviously some of these names are big names. She knows who they are and, and so she'll catch some of it. But I think a lot of it, it's kind of like music. You know, you sit there and especially if you grew up watching wrestling, it takes me back to my childhood. I remember going with my dad. Yeah. I remember, you know, watching with my father. So it's like, you know, beyond just the athletes and this and that, that's what's familiar to me and, you know, brings yeah. back a you know a lot of good childhood memories.
1: Yeah man i remember sitting on my couch as a kid watching dude, watching all the wrestling and uh it was dude it was it was absolutely awesome and you know you had the old the old, what was that the you know, so you had the wwf with hogan and everybody and then you had the uh what was that the wcw
0: wcw um, came after yeah MWA, yeah
1: yeah 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 with uh with sting and then the, the original four horsemen which um,
0: you know sting is still wrestling he's in aew now dude how old is he He's old. Well, put it this way. He doesn't wear his leotard anymore. He wears a Uh, (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. But, like, a lot of these guys and gals, they're they're still wrestling. But I would tell you, Luke, we were talking about AEW the other day, and and they are really going old school. So Tony Schiavone, uh, which is way back in the WCW days, uh, he's the announcer there. Uh, They have brought in a lot of, like, Arn Anderson's one of the, uh, the, the, uh, what you call it, um, coaches there. Uh, and one of the managers, so they brought back a lot of old school names, and it's uh, it's less about the. I, I guess when you compare it to the WWE, because you're right, you, you hit it spot on. That it's become like a soap opera, and so it's less about the soap opera part to it. There's a little bit of a storyline there, but more about the athleticism, the talent inside the ring, uh, which was is, is pretty good. And I tell you what, I watched. Uh, I was watching AEW last week, and uh, John Moxley. Who uh, I forget what his WWE name was. He left and, and went to to AEW, uh, but they had a barbed wire match. And uh, anyway, at the end of this match, right, I can't remember if he even wins or I think he loses. He loses. They throw him over the rope. He lands in this barbed wire, and you all, you, you watch the shows before. It's like uh, sometimes the barbed wire is dull, or they'll, they'll clip off the points or whatever. So like he doesn't get up, and the camera swings to him for probably about three seconds he can't get up because the barbs are stuck in his back and you actually see oh, it pulling his back. No. and you can see the camera's like oh not supposed to show that and they you know they go to their ring or whatever it's like yeah that dude's not getting up because he can't get up he's actually stuck you know, to, that's to legit
1: the man that's like yeah, the so old there. that's like the old mick foley yeah mick foley barbed wire matches like those things were legit um yeah
0: So, Luke, you brought up something, and I thought you were going to go farther down this road, uh, talking about, like, the Texas Democrats. So you had, you had six of them, right? Uh, six of them leave. They, uh, because they don't want to have a quorum. So they say, well, you know, we're out of the state. And I throw this to you because you're, you're there. Uh, so they, they leave the state. Actually, it's more than six. They, all the Democrats leave. Turns out that six of them at least test positive for coronavirus. Um, which, by the way, they're all vaccinated. They said they were all vaccinated. And now I think they actually said that they're going to stop reporting who's... Uh, so it's, it's it's clearly probably more than six. It's probably more than half of them. And I know it's Fox News, so it's on the right side. But they had uh, yeah some doc on there. And they're like, it's actually statistically impossible for all six of them to test positive for the coronavirus if they've all been vaccinated. Uh, which because he's like, Hey, if you've been vaccinated to actually catch Corona, it's like one in 4,000. And then, you know, obviously if you have two, so they did the math between those six and the amount of people that were on the plane, of course, not wearing masks right on the plane. So again, uh, good enough for the not for me. With uh, some, you know, Miller light or whatever, they get to DC, they, the media refuses to call it a super spreader, even though they traveled across the country, they go meet with the administration. And now Governor Abbott, uh, last I heard, and this was like a week ago was that, hey, they got to come back to Texas sometime. And the minute they come back to Texas, uh, we're going to arrest them. So I guess I, I ask, I mean, do you see them being arrested when they come back to Texas? Or how does that play out?
2: No, no, they. I may, No, I don't. I don't. I think Abbott. Uh, you know, you know. You get back. I've only been back for uh, what less than a week, and already I'm disgusted with with my Republican governor.
0: That didn't <laughs> <Abbott>. take long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Well, you know, he he he's blustering about. I'm going to have him arrested. But there was one that came back. Uh, a representative out of San Antonio. I can't recall his name, but he came back to negotiate hb3 or whatever the reason they left uh to negotiate they didn't arrest him when he came in so i think all that arresting is a bunch of bluster i think that they may make a show out of arresting maybe one but they won't they want to arrest them they're not going to abbott that's all just bluster man uh to get the base riled up and stuff but abbott is kind of a i don't know he, he flip flops a lot. Uh, when when COVID first hit with the lockdowns, you remember the the beauty shop owner who was jailed and all that. You know, Abbott could have intervened there, and he didn't. And people around here, you know, in Texas at least, you know, diehard Republicans, they they haven't forgotten how he reacted initially to COVID. Uh, when he opened everything up, you know, uh, you know, following DeSantis' lead, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess that was good, but it's like, hey, too little, too late, Abbott. You should have beat DeSantis's punch on that one. You know, and there's little little things like, uh, you know, uh, gambling, you know, uh, Desanta or I'm sorry, uh, Abbott is is real anti gambling. He's also anti uh, a few things. I'll maybe I'll do some research and and get back to you on that. But, yeah, I, I that whole the whole thing with the Democrats leaving is just I don't know. First of all, Republicans don't need to be, you know, throwing too much shade at that because they've done it before, too. I think uh, back in 2012 or something, they fled to Oklahoma or something to keep keep from a uh, you know uh, keep from having a quorum. So I mean, both sides do it. The fact that they made such a big deal about it, like they're heroes and all this stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen the coverage, but oh, they're just they're such heroes, and you know they're fighting the good fight and everything. And which you know we could talk about the bill itself, and and you know. How that the bill itself is being spun as a voter suppression act and all this stuff, I'll leave that alone for now. But you know, it's it's similar to Georgia's law. I, I don't know if Florida's done one as well, Josh, but it's similar to Georgia's law where it's codifying what was already in place. It's pushing, you know, voter ID and all these things. It's it's not suppressive at all. Yeah, they. I think it's hilarious that I think Kamala Harris was with. A bunch of those representatives who tested positive for COVID and they, you know, in the dead of night, you know, spirited her to the hospital to make sure she wasn't <laughs> On a COVID, Sunday. COVID positive. Go. On a Sunday, right. And and the Biden administration has stopped reporting uh, uh, positive cases of COVID. They, they just haven't been reporting it at all. And that tells me that there's probably a pretty high incidence within the, within the administration. They've also the CDC is kind of started to turn their back on reporting breakthrough cases Mm -hmm. and breakthrough means you got the vaccine and then you got COVID. They've just stopped reporting it. And one of the big things is, you know, people are talking about the Delta variant and get vaccinated and all this stuff. I, I see this huge push for vaccination, huge push. And. Man, it just it seems fishy to me. I'm not I'm not being a conspiracy theorist, but it seems real fishy how hard they're pushing the vaccination. Um, I'm vaccinated. Roger is. Uh, I think Roger said it on air, so I don't think I violated his HIPAA rights there. Sorry if I did. And I won't violate Josh's. I'll let him speak to that. But man, I mean, they are really pushing this vaccination thing. And they're saying, well, covid is now in the United States. A disease of it's a disease of the unvaccinated and it's like wow man they sure are pushing this hard and fauci came out yesterday i believe and said you know pfizer is saying that a booster is necessary a booster is necessary a third shot and it's like hmm, wow pfizer's saying that huh that's interesting <laughs> but what, I, what i'm getting at here is you know the delta variant this lambda variant that's coming out They're not testing illegals coming into this country. Not not on a a, a wide scale, at least. I'm sure some of them are being tested. But the illegals coming in through the southern border, I don't think they're being tested. So is the spike, does the spike have anything to do with that? Thousands coming in a day? being shipped in all over the country? I don't know. What do you think, Josh?
1: No, they couldn't have anything to do with it. The fact that we've had hundreds of thousands of undocumented people come across our southern border not tested for a uh, worldwide pandemic. they' had absolutely nothing to do with the uh, spike in uh, COVID cases in the United States. Um, real quick on the uh, on the Texas Democrats. I think any any elected official who is paid with taxpayer dollars who leaves their state intentionally to block. The process of the government, whether it be at the you know the county, the city, the state, or federal level, um, should be arrested. I am glad to see that the Democrats do believe in a filibuster, um, you know, <laughs> in, in, in a roundabout way. <laughs> You're like, hey man, so you guys really do support filibusters, okay? Um, but I think like that's your job that you are getting paid to work. When you hop on a plane and leave the state and you're not working for representing you know representing your constituents, then you are derelict in your duty and you should be held accountable. And that goes for Republicans or Democrats. Paying you to stay there and work, paying you—they should—they should do it like the College of Cardinals when they elect a new pope. Man, guess what? All you bitches are getting locked in this room until there's white smoke coming out of that chimney. Hey, man, we'll keep pushing the pizzas in there, but you're not coming out until you're done. You're not coming out until there's a balanced budget. You're not coming out until like all this stuff worked out. Like that's just like that's how it should be done because we're dealing with a bunch of insolent children. Like so, that's what we're doing. Yep. We're, we're dealing with a bunch of insolent well, children. And it's garbage. The the argument they make, Josh,
2: and I'll I'll push it back to you because you made a really good point just now about the taxpayer dollars. But the argument that the Democrat representatives make is this. It's like, well, the people that we represent want us to do this. Okay. Okay. But the people you represent aren't the totality
1: of who's paying your check, right? Exactly. No, 100%. And, you know, I get it. So you're upset because you're in the minority, you know, there and you know that you can't stop that bill. You can't stop that from being passed. Okay, that's fine. You know what? Such is life. Um, You get up there, you make the most impassionate, you know, educated, articulate argument that you can make. And if it, you know, if it gets passed, it gets passed. That's fine. And then you turn around and you go back to your constituents and say, hey, look, we tried, blah, blah, blah. But either that or maybe, then this is crazy, maybe you work to come to a compromise with the other side of the aisle. Holy shit. Insanity. Um, so you know, that, that's what I think about the, the, the Texas Democrats. I think they're garbage and if they were Republicans I called them garbage too. That's not what you do. Um uh, as far as like as far as dude as far as the vaccine goes, I have not had the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. Um that's right. I'm a super spreader. I'm a He wants <laughs> Gam Gam to die. Yeah, I want Gam Gam to die. Um because nah, Cuomo killed all kill killed, killed Gam Gam already. Um no, I don't, dude There are too many, I've been reading too many articles um, About, you know, some of the side effects Of, uh, of this stuff I'm not a conspiracy theorist I do, I'm do. i not anti-vaxxer uh, You know, I, I happily got You know, plenty of vaccines While I was in the military And, you know, if I was in a high-risk category Then I would definitely I would be like, look at it and say, you know what Maybe I do need to go get the vaccine
0: Aren't you uh, in a high-risk category?
1: No, I'm not in a high-risk category so you call me fat. <laughs> what, 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 do you, what do you think? That's so hard. I knew where that was going as soon as he said it. I was like, he's about to call me fat. <laughs>
0: It's kind of one of those, you start saying it and you're like, yep, I already know what they're going to come back and kick me in the neck.
1: Hey, maybe I'm Maybe I might be about five pounds for being a high risk category, but I'm working on it. Um, And so the the diabetes (laughs) will kill me first. The diabetes. That's right. Luke is my uh, challenge. That was a long time ago. Um, And so, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, man. I'm not going to go get this thing, especially when you turn around and you read about all these people who got it. And they're still getting COVID. So, man, it just, I'm not getting it. Again, I go back to there's a brand new car company out there. They're putting a brand new car that's never been in existence before on the street. Probably not gonna buy it in the first year of production. Probably not. I'm gonna wait oh, and oh, let that oh, work also, itself out. Also, with that new
2: car, Josh, also with that new car. The Department of Transportation has not yet blessed off on this car exactly. being
1: safe. Exactly. But
2: you can still go out and buy it. It may blow up, you know, have brake liners that fail after 5,000 miles, you know, like the Fight Club thing. It, it's oh. just, that's a really good analogy that you made. But take it a step further and say, hey, the Department of
1: Transportation has not deemed this car safe to drive. (laughs) Yeah. And even, and even when it does deem it safe to drive, just remember every, every single recall on a medicine, on a, you know, whatever that the FDA has had to do, they had to do it on one. They already approved. So, you know, I go back to Tommy boy, man. Hey, if you want to feel good, I'll slap a warranty on the box. All I did was warranty a worn a piece of shit, right? <laughs> you know, so I just, I mean, I did, and it called me crazy. And I'm not a black helicopter guy, and I'm probably going to get us put on a list if we're not already on one. I don't trust the government. Like I can don't, like I can just, I just find out don't. Um, so we just went on a list. Uh, somebody will probably be knocking on our uh, respective doors here soon.
0: Well, that's so, the whole problem, though, right? I mean, it's the. Whether you get vaccinated or not, that's between the individual and your healthcare provider. So I, I say, okay, you encourage it. And okay, if you work in government spaces or you're in the healthcare or whatever, which by the way, a significant percentage of the healthcare professionals aren't vaccinated. That's one of the largest populations, uh, you know, go figure. But so whether you believe in the vaccination or not and are going to get it or not, that's between you and your healthcare provider. Uh, And that's what they should be pushing. I have the problem with exactly what Josh just said, the government telling me to get a vaccine. Uh, If my doctor says, hey, with where you're at in life and da 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 yeah, you probably seriously need to consider getting vaccinated or, hey, you're 18 years old, don't worry about it. Uh, That's a decision I should have with my healthcare provider, not uh, from the government. And I still go back to, you know, I think we're the only ones, even with the right side news, we're the only ones that continue to echo this thing over and over and over again. I specifically remember Kamala Harris, I will not get Trump's vaccine, right? She said it on national television, I will not get Trump's vaccine. And so when supposedly 80 million of your voters have heard that, uh, and then now you want to flip the switch several months later and say, oh, by the way, you need to go get the vaccine. I'm like, well, wait a minute. And I can't even believe it. To the right- it's like, you want to know why you're having a hard time uh, with this whole vaccine thing? Well, a couple of reasons. One, they're tracking vaccines and not those who have already had COVID. Okay, which there are quite a few people that, you know, uh, fortunately for some of us, we like Luke and myself, I'm going to go ahead and violate his hip as well, where we both had COVID and, uh, you know, the vaccine. But there's there are millions out there who have already had COVID. And it was one of the doctors, uh, I think it was Dr. Uh, Siegel or whatever was talking about, hey, they think that when you look at folks that have had COVID and the vaccine, that we're up in the like 73 percentile, 74 percentile, uh, which is, is pretty good. So it's like, hey, if you've already had it, I mean, the only reason I did it was, you know, for work, obviously. But other than that, I wouldn't get it either. I mean, my wife, she's like, I've already had COVID. Why would I get a vaccine? Uh, my kids, we've already had COVID dad. Why would I get a vaccine? And they're fortunate at the age now. I'm like, Hey, look, you know what? Even as a parent, I'm like, you need to go talk to your doc. And if your doc determines that it's best for you to do that, uh, go do that. If not, you know, whatever the next thing. And I tell you here, we said this a little bit in the last episode when we are all three together. And I firmly believe this. Everybody still sees COVID as a Trump issue. And the Democrats realize that, Hey, This administration isn't doing worth a shit. Uh, When you look at everything from international or foreign affairs to the military to to the economy uh, outside the stock market, the broader economy, uh, inflation, the border, things like that. uh, Those are all Biden Harris problems. And so to take the focus off that, hey, we'll keep COVID in the news because that's a Trump thing. People, oh, COVID is Trump. And so, you know, it's a a distraction. But what you're already starting to see now, and I think we heard it with L.A. County, St. Louis, and now there's like uh, a list of 17 or 18 other cities. Dude, they're talking about going back to mask mandates for folks who are vaccinated.
1: You can't make it up. It's absolutely insane, but people will tell you, you believe the scientists, right? Believe the scientists. Okay, so which scientists do we believe? Do we believe the tobacco industry scientists who, back in the day, was like, "Man, the marble Man's good, bro. He ain't gonna die of cancer. He's fine." Are we gonna believe them? <laughs> <laughs> <right>. Your teeth, <laughs> yeah. Satisfies I mean, your zone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, so believe the scientists. There's scientists out there that say fracking. You know, does it cause your, you know, your your sink in your kitchen to spew fire. Right? Which is pretty much true. So are we believing them? Are we believing the scientists who say that, you know, huge pit mines in the earth digging for cobalt by, you know, little twelve year old, you know, Congolese boys. Uh you know, are fine. Those pit mines don't hurt the environment. Are we believing? No, sci- like what scientists are we believing? People don't believe scientists; they believe in ideology, and that's and, and that's the problem. I and mean, you're absolutely right, Roger. It's a, they, they see it as a Trump thing, and and they continue to they continue to push back against this, and it's absolutely asinine.
0: Well, because now <sighs> they've even added uh, on Kamala's plate. You know, because she can't do anything else. Now she's the what is it, the voting rights person you know, because she did such a great job on everything else that they've tasked her to do. So now she's responsible for, you know, voting right equality, which, by the way, should be more of a state thing anyway. But uh, I wanted to touch on real quick. uh, Well, a couple of things. So inflation, you know, it's kind of funny because I read an article today because remember, Powell said inflation is, you know, it's in your mind. Uh, And Biden said, uh, the same thing. He goes, uh, you know, and his exact words were, "It's expected and temporary. Uh, it won't be felt." Okay, and supposedly on July fourth, you saved six cents. Uh, you know, over July fourth with your hot dogs. I guess if you didn't drive there, you saved six cents because otherwise, you, you spent a lot more than that. But over the last year, check this out. So, energy as a whole up twenty four and a half percent. This is one year. Okay, food as a whole up. all items as a whole up 5.4%. That's where you get your 5% inflation. Gasoline up 56%. All right. So they sit there and and I know you can, you can gurgle it right now. And and they'll say, Oh, president, see my mother-in-law even brought this up. Oh, the president has nothing to do with gasoline. Even like famous economists come out and say, president has nothing to do with gas prices. Well, I will tell you this when an administration, uh, Urges and creates laws and regulations that restrict the refining and the pumping of crude oil here domestically, and you have to rely on OPEC. And demand is increased. Guess what that does? That is going to increase prices. Uh, same thing with the Keystone pipeline and everything else. And I get it. It's not like there's there's five hundred gazillion you know barrels of crude oil you know flowing through that thing, but it all impacts it, right? It's a couple cents here. It's a couple cents there. Uh, and I will tell you the stuff that's going on with the regulations now with, uh, you know, domestic drilling and, and, and oil. I mean, that, that has a direct impact. And, and if I don't see how people can, even the economists, uh, I don't even see how they can say that it doesn't. But bacon, up 13%. Oranges, up 7.6%. Milk, up 4.6%. And then bread, you know, up uh, 1.5%. But again, this is only temporary. It was expected and uh you guys won't feel it. So I don't know Josh, I mean, it's uh, are you are you feeling any inflation where you where you're right out there? I know I just drove across country and I felt the inflation in my in my gas tank.
1: Dude, yes, absolutely. So it caught last year, uh I could go fill up my Toyota 4Runner for about $38. 37 bucks, right? And I I can't remember what size gas tank you know is on it, but it wasn't that much, or under forty bucks. All I know now is that the pump stops at fifty automatically. Yep. They like I don't, <laughs> it doesn't get it full. Um, so I was just up in, uh, like you said, you know, so I was just up in Montana. Uh, I stopped and filled up uh, in Bozeman. Gas was three dollars and nine cent a gallon. Uh, Big Sky, Montana gas is three twenty-four a gallon. In West Yellowstone, Wyoming, uh gas was three thirty seven a gallon. Um yeah. I, I, I feel the inflation. Uh, right now, last month, I don't know about this month, last month, uh, if you went down to uh, to the Lowe's hardware uh, in, in my little area, three-quarter-inch sheet of plywood, $75. For a three-quarter-inch sheet of plywood, $75. bucks. is absolutely insane. Right? And, and uh, so- what's the size of a sheet? What's the size of a sheet? Uh, standard sheet of plywood. Um, I want to say it's three and a half by five. I think. Oh my god! Just that your, was seventy-five bucks. Seventy-five bucks. Yeah, just a regular sheet, a oh normal size god. sheet of plywood, dude. You know that you would. Uh, hey, I'm gonna build a little shed, like a wall, like just a normal sheet of plywood. It was uh, three-quarter inch thick. You know they're not all three-quarter inches anymore. It's like a two before. It's not a real two before anymore. Um, it was seventy-five bucks. Absolutely insane. So we had some friends that were building a house here, and since February, they had to tack on an additional twenty thousand dollars because of material, because of the the increase in uh, in cost of, of just material, just just wood. Uh, You know, somebody made the joke that, you know, the uh, the cartels are smuggling plywood inside cocaine, uh, you know, across the border into the states. Now (laughs) It's so bad. But it is, man. Yeah, I'm feeling inflation, Joe. Uh, You know, John, John Q taxpayer right here feeling feeling the inflation asshole.
0: I don't
2: I don't know. I don't know what you guys did to my country while, when I was gone, but man, that bacon, <laughs> that bacon inflation, man, that one hurts, man. I, that one hurts. It, you know, yeah, it was a good transition, uh, Roger from COVID to this, because I mean, it's directly, uh, the, the response to COVID is, is directly related to what we're experiencing now. And the fact that people can't, couldn't see that early on, like we called it when things open back up. I mean, supply and demand bitches. I mean, we, we learned that like in what 10th grade is supply and demand. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm going to ask Josh a question uh, kick it back to him when I'm done with this. I got it written down right here. Uh, but I'll, I'll give you my little, uh, how I'm seeing inflation around here. You know, the housing market, I think we covered that in an earlier episode. It's just nuts, but you know, I bought a, I bought a car, uh, vehicle, uh, this past week and, uh, you know, Josh wants Gam Gam to die And I want to kill the environment I want to kill the environment So I went out and bought uh, a Toyota Tundra <laughs> And it, it, we, we found a, re- a Pretty good deal uh, All things considered in this horrible Vehicle market uh, the, the, the car lots around here I'm sure all of you in the audience have seen it If you haven't, man, drive by a car lot One, one that you you know, know Used to be full back in 2019 It's just empty, man it, it, there are at least with toyotas with with tundras uh, tacomas and Forerunners, they literally cannot keep them on the lot new ones the 2021 models because they're already spoken for before they arrive at the dealership for either lease or or purchase but what the dealers were telling me and they were there were some pretty good guys you know they, they were shooting me straight for the most part and um They were saying this is not a good time to buy a car they were like can you wait (laughs) they were like because you should wait man i mean you can come back like in a couple months or two three months and, and this will be a better market and unfortunately i couldn't wait i had to have a car and they were saying that toyota tacomas a 2020 used toyota tacoma is going for as much as a new 2021 toyota Tacoma with zero miles And they said, in some cases, 2019s are going uh, for for as much as a new one, which means, and this one of the guys that was selling me the car had been doing this for 22 years. He was a finance guy. He said, I have never in 22 years seen vehicles appreciate in value, ever. And vehicles right now are appreciating in value. And he's about to sell something he bought. A few months ago, and he's going to turn a profit on it, and it's just like, what is going on? And one one of the things is uh, uh, semiconductors. Hmm. Uh, semiconductors, uh, there's a, a global shortage of those because the demand is just so high right now because everything was shut down. Now everybody wants a new car, so it's a global shortage, and um, that's one of the reasons they can't they just can't turn out the vehicles fast enough. Is they can't they can't get enough semiconductors, and I think that uh, GMC. I think shut down uh, production of one of their truck models for a whole week because there's like it doesn't do any good. We can crank these things out, but until we have semiconductors to put in the chips or whatever, I don't know. Uh, it's not going to work. I think that the three of us and a couple of our more uh, wealthy uh, listeners should maybe with some financing go back to old carburetors and stuff like that and we can open a we can we can start our own uh, vehicle production, you know, with carburetors, no chips, no nothing, just old school,
1: man. I think we should do that. Get that old four barrel going. The another uh, thing that's leading to it, so you know, rental car rental companies were a big source of you know pushing some of the late model uh, cars, you know, into the used car market. Well, a lot of the rental car companies, I uh, think they, uh, one of the reports I read said they sold off. A quarter of their fleet to stay afloat during during, co- during the height of COVID last year. Nobody was traveling, and so they were just you know they were taking losses left and right. So they sold off a quarter of their fleet. So that's you know that's another source uh, of vehicles that's not there for the market, which is making them more and more scarce. And yeah, we, we're seeing the same things here in North Carolina. Uh, the uh, the wife is in the market. She wants a Jeep Wrangler. We went to the Jeep dealership. They had no Wranglers on the uh, on the lot. And the guy was like, hey, man, he goes, I can sell you one, but you're going to have to order it uh, and pay, you know, by sight unseen, and it'll be here in uh, four to six months because they're that far behind. Uh, and but lots are empty like even like car dealers are starting to park their cars sideways in the uh in the parking lot in the you know in the parking spaces to make it look like they have more inventory on the lot than they really do it's bad man I've never seen this I got it and I got an email from the Toyota dealer wanting to buy my forerunner literally for the same they they were gonna give me the same price that I paid for it when I bought it last year like it's it's yeah I've never seen it like this it's absolutely crazy
0: well and that's what's happening people are buying vehicles. Keeping them for a year, trading them back in, getting the same, if not more money, and then getting another new vehicle. Yep. And it's not just vehicles, it's everything. Uh, you know, we were both on trips and uh, we ended up buying a travel trailer and we ended up uh, driving out to Missouri to pick up one because it's everything. It's like, it came up. Hey, man, if you don't pick it up right now or if you're not in route, it's it's off the lot and it's gone. And it, it kind of takes me to a, a broader thought. So, you heard this with Trump when he was president, you know, bringing, bring America back, bring manufacturing back. And when you look at China and, and what they produce and what's produced overseas, and, and we've talked about this off and on over years, not just with this podcast, but you have to, you sit there and you wonder, you say, how do we bring back manufacturing to the U S now I understand there is a foreign policy. Uh, you know, there, there are reasons why you want to import, right? Uh, it's like with China. So you want for China's point, from China's perspective, you want the U.S. to be uh, the number one importer of of China's goods. But from the U.S., you don't want The, our number one imports to be from China. Does that make sense? So that way you have some type of say, right? You have some type of swag. You've got some, some, uh, you know, you've got some leverage over foreign policy and this and that. And, but I I think we're beyond that tipping point. It seems like we've gone beyond that tipping point where now we're reliant on, uh, Chinese goods and and manufacturing and not just Chinese, but just uh, international goods in, in general. And so it made me wonder that, Hey, we have to have a significant emotional event to help bring that back. And I kind of want to throw this out at both of you. I guess I'll throw it to Luke first, but I think we missed it with COVID. I think when you look at COVID, when, when COVID first happened and you had pretty much shutdowns everywhere, uh, you had the China virus, you know, you've obviously got, uh, you know, supply chain issues that's been going on for, for over a year now. You had the toilet paper thing and this and that. And to me, and, and I get it. It's easier to say this than it is to, to be the, the little guy, gal opens up a shop and starts manufacturing. But to me, that was a significant emotional event to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe we need to start producing this stuff in America. Uh, as opposed to waiting for semiconductors to come from Taiwan, hey, you know what? Maybe we ne- we need to actually start manufacturing stuff here. And I, I, I get it. it; it goes into like raw materials, and can you get those? But again, I think that moves itself all the way down the chain, where you say, "Hey, you know what?" maybe this little store in Texas, this little, this factory in Texas. And and it's not just the federal government. It's also the states. I think at that point, uh, the federal government and the states, you have to look and say, hey, we need to take advantage of this. Uh, One, it's going to help our economy stay open. And maybe we start getting some tax breaks. We start giving some incentives to start up these businesses here to let's, hey, let's bring this stuff back here to the states uh, versus, you know, just keeping it the way it is. So, you know, what do you think, Luke? Did we miss the boat on that? Or do we think we still have a... I mean, I don't even hear it being discussed on a, on a broader scale.
2: Big time missed the boat. Big time. Because it it, it was a made-for-TV moment. It could have been. It could have been a made-for-TV moment where it's like this is... There's so much to unpack in, in what you just said. It, when I say it was a made-for-TV moment, I mean, I, I've heard so many kids... Uh, you know, younger millennials, uh, Gen Z is after millennials, I think. Younger millennials and Gen Z, this was their 9-11. I mean, they saw this as like a deployment, like we are fighting <laughs> that we are struggling and we're, we're all in this together. And it could that could have been taken advantage of. And Josh said it's a national security issue. I absolutely agree with that. So you had an opportunity to get everyone on the same page with some very poignant issues that, that started very early in COVID, where it's like, I think we learned that all of the vitamin C or something like that, that the U.S. has is basically imported from China with some vitamin. Uh, there was some uh, ingredient in uh, vaccines you know, that keeps it suspended that's all produced in China. So they could just turn off the spigot just like that. The PPE, personal protective equipment, all produced in China Uh, and on the list goes on. And, you know, we could have had a, you know, come to Jesus moment where it's like, okay, national security issue, we're all in this together, made for TV moment, it's time to start paying, you know, a dollar more for a plastic comb that's made in America versus made in China, because not not, not not that we hate the CCP, because I call it the CCP virus now. I, I listened to a podcast with Steve Bannon, and Steve Bannon uh, spent a lot of time in China, and he has a he, he is part of a few committees where you know free Tibet, and you know he he feels like the majority of China Chinese people are being oppressed by the Chinese Communist Party, which is only about ten percent of the Chinese population. So instead of calling it the China virus from now on, I'm calling it the CCP virus. So anyway. That's that's kind of an aside. But it's like it's not that we hate China so much or we hate the CCP so much. So we need to start producing our own. It's like, no, no, no. We just need to start producing our own. We need to get back to, you know, 1950s, 1960s, you know, where, you know, we're producing the steel high quality when you, you know, like like Harvey Dent said in you know, The Dark Knight when you try to kill a public official i recommend you buy american you know it's because you can count on it you used to anyway you could count on american products you know until gmc and chevy you know came along and decided you know uh, planned obsolescence was a good thing uh, yeah I, I roger yes we missed the boat on that one i haven't heard it talked about at all and one of you know i think we all agree one of the the the, the prevailing narratives roger's touched on it before is uh, covid is a trump thing and from the very beginning it was a trump thing instead of you know making it in a national security issue uh we made it a trump issue and an election season issue which was a you know that's good for the dnc but it's bad for the country uh and i would hope that i would say the same thing if the situation was reversed you know if it would have been you know obama you know, or something, you know, if, if the situation would have been reversed, I, I would hope that I'd be saying the same thing right now because it's a seriously a missed opportunity. I, I expect more out of the DNC and the RNC and my fellow countrymen than that. So, yeah, that's a good point, Roger. I mean, we could, again, we, we cover these topics where we could spend literally a whole podcast, you know, hour and a half, two hours talking about it. And um, Josh, I mean, I, I think that you're going to see it as a missed opportunity. I mean, do you think that we're going to see any change in trade policy and, you know, subsidies for, you know, raw materials, you know, rare mineral mining, stuff like that, rare earth stuff. So, you know, what do you think? Do you think there's
1: going to be a change or do you think it's just going to be status quo? So the little bit of an optimist that, that's still left within my uh, my dark, dark soul uh, hopes so, uh, but uh, the realist in me says no, uh, because, to, for there to be meaningful change, there has to be a significant emotional event. Uh, there was a significant emotional event for the younger generation who calls this their 9-11. Uh, but if, fortunately unfortunately, uh, however you want to look at it, they're not the one in the driver's seat right now to, uh, you know, to, to affect those and make that happen. So the old guard is still there. It's going to be business as usual. I mean, just look at the pushback, you know, that Trump got when he said we are done with you know how we do business with the Chinese, and he was you know going to go renegotiate trade deals. It was, I mean, the the outcry was you know instant and uh, and, and brutal. He's going to get us to a trade war. these you know it's going to lead to a nuclear war with China, and you know this that and the other thing and. You know, obviously, those didn't happen. Some of those trade deals got renegotiated, and then Biden, you know, when his you know his first 152 executive orders, the first 17 minutes he was in office, you know, undid some of those. So I don't, I don't think there's going to be change short of a significant emotional event. You know, when China does pull the Putin, you know, and says, "Hey, we're just going to go ahead and, uh, and and turn this lever off right here and, and, and shut you down." That's what's gonna. That's what's gonna have to happen because Americans, by and large, and we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. Americans, as long as they are comfortable, they are fine with the status quo. As long as they are comfortable, as long as they can sit there on their iPhone at Starbucks and complain about how capitalism, you know, is uh, is evil, they're 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 not going to demand change, and there's not going to be any change. Uh, so, I it just. It has to be because you're right. It is isn't security it's because these chips, so these, you know, these chips that we're talking about, these semiconductors that we're talking about for vehicles, those don't just go in your, you know, your car, in your driveway. This also goes in military equipment, right? And Taiwan, for some of these chips, these chips are only made in Taiwan. That is literally the only place. And China is probably going to look to assert military control over Taiwan here in the next ah, 36 months so once they do that they can turn they can you know turn the power off of that little plant that makes you know the only one in the world that makes these damn things and then where are we going to be i just i don't know I, I i'm not hopeful i'm not hopeful at all so roger's the optimist of the group let will see what he thinks
0: Nah, we missed the boat on that stuff dude we missed the boat it's not kind of <laughs> even brought up it's it's you know that's what worries me and because it, it wasn't uh I mean, you can go back to the Barry years, and you know, none of these people saw, and even today, they don't see China as a threat. Now they're finally starting to say it. Uh, they don't believe it. It's just like with Russia and and, 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 remember, and Romney. Hey, the 80s they want their foreign policy. But dude, you were wrong on everything. Like everything. Like you, you have to, you can't even, and by accident, you're right on something. Okay, you were wrong on everything and it's uh, and it's not even a political party thing man Because there are a lot of things that Trump was wrong about and and and, you know George Bush and this and that But it's like you were wrong on everything everything you sat there and laughed about and that's what pisses me off They sit there and they laugh about it It's like Kamala Harris, you know, she gets she gets that nervous laughter Or or, you know, I remember when Barry was talking about hey, we had some shovel ready jobs that ha 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 didn't seem so shovel ready (laughs) It's like you're laughing. It's like people are out of work, they're out of jobs and you think it's funny and and it it actually pisses me off but i think we missed the boat on that just like and i know this is gonna be a change of topics here just like uh guess where else we're missing the boat cuba you remember what happened in iran a few years ago right and i'm sitting here thinking i'm like you know i was even telling my kids i'm like you gotta watch this i'm like you're about to see the fall of a regime uh, because we are backing this thing, and we are going we are knee-deep in it, mm. and you're about to see a, a change uh, in Iran's leadership, right? I was waiting for it. I mean, it's like, hey, dude, this is happening. Th- this house of cards is getting ready to fall. Uh, and then a day goes by, and another day goes by. And I'm like, what the hell is happening, right? Something, something's getting ready to happen here. It's going to be shock and awe. Another day goes by, and guess what? The Shah is still in power. And Cuba, it, the exact same thing is happening. Right where they're sitting, there, I'm like, okay, grassroots movement. Uh, which from what you know, I'm, I'm I'm not in the military anymore, so I, I'm not as privy to stuff. But grassroots movement, I don't think we have a whole lot of uh, you know to say in what's going on there, or, or as far as that those protests and riots are going. Uh, so I'm like, hey, we're, we're going to be knee deep in this, right? I mean, th- this thing, this government's being overthrown, dude. I haven't heard uh, anything about Cuba in the last week. It like just completely disappeared. And when you listen to the Biden administration. You listen to the Biden administration, you know, because they, they cut off the Internet. And he's like, well, you know, we need to look to see if, um, you know, because uh, some technological capability, maybe we, you know, we'll have to check to see if we have the ability to, to, and I'm being way more coherent than what he is when he tells a story. But, you know, uh, <laughs> we have to see if we have the ability uh, to, to turn on the Internet for them. And the I think it was the Gitmo, one of the military came was like, Absolutely. Dude, we can flip a switch right now and blast Wi-Fi throughout the entire island. Oh, by the way, yeah. Starlink is overhead. Guess what? We can blast internet out over the entire island. I mean, dude, we were, we are, and Luke, I, I, you're chomping at the bit. So I, I thought to you, it's like, we are missing this. We are missing this, and it's going to happen again. And I'll tell you, I think we might have already missed it.
2: Okay, man. I, I, okay, yeah, we've we, we missed it in so many ways, and it shouldn't be surprising, right? Because what is this, 2021? Yeah, it's 2021, right? So the CIA, the fabled CIA has had how many years to work on the Cuba problem? Has had how many years? 1960s, you know? And then how many years to work on the Iran problem? So I think, you know, I, I, I'm going to leave that one alone for now because I, I just, it, it, it kills me. You know, even, you know, Buck Sexton, whatever these, these people get these jobs, they get these book deals because they worked for the CIA, Jason, let me, let me let you behind the curtain. Those people mm, ooh, almost dropped the F bomb right there, that organization screws up 90 percent of what they do, 90 percent of what they do. And a lot of it is because they there is no oversight. It's like, well, most of our successes you'll never know about. Well, okay. <laughs> Neither <will> were <Well>, they. <laughs> I just see the world world as it is, and I, you know, I guess I, I just don't know about the success you've had in Cuba and, I, and Iran over the past fifty some odd years. You know, I, I, don't don't get me started. So, so we got to leave that one alone, right? It's like we can't count on the CIA to do anything in Cuba or Iran or anywhere else in the world, for that matter. You know, so we'll just leave that alone for now. Hey, look, I know there's some good people who work for that organization. I know. Um, and I'm not bagging on them personally. I have a lot of problems with the DOD. I worked for them for 24 years, man. I got a lot of problems with, look look at what we did in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, we, we basically caused, you know, a, a migration crisis throughout Europe. And, man, it's a good thing, you know, Europeans aren't, aren't walking around, you know, some of the right-leaning ones, you know, wanting to scalp an American walking around. Because, man, I'm telling you, DOD screwed that up six ways from Sunday. So, man, I'm not, I'm not bagging on anybody personally. But that organization's jacked. And so is DOD, man. So whatever. Uh, but along those lines, it's like the administration, if, if the CIA can't handle it, the administration needs to step in or, or something. But man, we missed the boat twice. Man, oh man. I mean, there's just so much that could have been done with Cuba recently. I'm with Roger, man. I, I remember back when that happened with Iran, I was the same boat with Roger. I was like, man, here we go. Here we go. It's going to be good. Nothing, nothing, and ah, just dropped the ball in so many ways. Good grief! I know Josh wants to go off. I could go off a lot longer on the CIA, and I I, I might have gone a little far afield on that one, Roger. But ah, I, 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 it's just it's it's fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating how messed up it is. But I don't know if you guys saw you know BLM and all these all these uh, activist groups were saying. This is a great opportunity to stop the blockades. <laughs> it's like, they t- we told you, we told you all a long time ago, and I, you all knew it too. BLM is a Marxist communist organization. That's what they are. Call them what they are. Holy cow, man. They were like all in support of the regime in Cuba. It's like, you know, the New York Times. What did the New York Times say? I, Josh covered this last episode, I think. The New York Times said that the uh, protesters were shouting uh, 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 Cuba Libre or whatever it is, you know, free Cuba and other anti-government slogans. (laughs) It's like, man, that's a bad headline because, yes, free Cuba is an anti-government slogan in Cuba. But whatever, Josh. I know you want to go off. You are probably chomping more than I was. So, Thanks, Roger. Just worked
1: up <laughs> again. It's not hard to do. The so you, you kind of stole you, you you stole some up with the CIA because let's let's rewind the, the the game tape. So let's talk about the uh, I don't know maybe the Kurds and what ninety three, right? Wow. Well, Man, if only, if only we had just had a conflict there, which showed, man, if only there was a you know a built, a, a baked in indigenous population that would be on our side and would do our bidding. Um, let's see who else. Oh yeah, the Kurds again. Uh, let's see. And Then there was this place in Hong Kong, uh, you know, that we handed that the British handed over in what ninety? It was like ninety seven. That the uh, the Brits, you know, handed Hong Kong over to China. Everybody knew that was coming. There was no secret to that. It just didn't happen in the dark of night. So wow. So China's going to take Hong Kong, take control of Hong Kong, and they're going to have control of that. Man, if only we had a, a built-in indigenous population who you know was going to be on our side. That we could, you know, use as a, as you know, a, an already baked-in network, um, you know, to conduct, uh, you know, operations against the, against China. Man, when those, when everybody in Hong Kong came out and started protesting against China, if only we had a very well-sourced and well-funded organization within the United States government who could have done something with that, uh, you know, to, uh, to push back against communism. And then you have, you know, then you have the Iranian situation, what was that? the you know, the Green Revolution, completely missed a boat on that. I mean, I, you know, Iran's only been a problem, I don't know, since 1979. I, I you know, I, and then Cuba, I, ne- I, I never thought, I won, I never thought when I was a kid, I never I thought I'd see the Berlin Wall come down. I never thought I would. I was like, we're going to have to fight the Russians one day and I hope we win so we can tear that thing down. And I watched too much Red Dawn, you know, maybe the, the original, not that shitty remake, and was like, I can't wait to fight Russians. I can't wait till I grow up and I get to fight Russians. And then the wall came down, and the Russians didn't go away. But you know, you stood there looking at it, and you're like, I'm gonna fight communists one day. I just, I, yeah, I want to kill communists one day. And uh, but I never thought I would see the end of communism in Cuba. And then a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden, you're like, Holy shit, this is it. Like the Berlin Walls is cut the Berlin's Wall is going to come down all over again. And then it was silence. And you're like, what is happening? Like, I want to just grab people and shake them and be like, do you understand what is going on right now in Cuba? And do you understand the possibilities that we could, you know, have if we just supported this, if we got behind this, if the US government, you know, dude, put. A tenth of the energy that it puts behind Bickering with the opposing political party There's a people down there That want to be free That's all they want They just want to be free They want to have the freedom to make their own mistakes Like that's all anybody ever has ever wanted in life Well, those of us who, you know, who love it I just, I just want the freedom to make my own mistakes That's all I want Mance Raider said it in Game of Thrones That's all he's ever wanted You have these people in Cuba who live under communism. You shitbag BLM people, listen to me, listen to what I'm saying. That's real communism. That's real socialism. You, I'm not going to say that, bum. you clowns, (laughs) right? (laughs) You clowns, here you are. You have people, and guess what? They're not waving the BLM flag. They're not waving the rainbow flag. They're not waving some BS flag. They're not waving the Cuban flag. You know what they're waving? They're waving the American flag. Just like the people did in Hong Kong that wanted freedom, just like the Kurds did, just like the Iranian students did that wanted freedom. They're waving the American flag. You pieces. Of, oh, deep breath. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to curse. But here we are, the United States sitting by, and we watch those protesters. We watch the internet get shut down. We watch the state media take over. We got reports of people being shot in the streets. By the Gestapo, by the block captains in Havana, and you know what we've done? We've done nothing. We've sat here and done yep. nothing as a country, and it pisses me off. I don't, but I
2: don't think any any of us are saying, right, Josh? I don't think any of us are saying that we need to like, you know, invade or no you, military action or anything no, like that. No, right? I mean, just so just so we're clear with the audience, none of us are saying that. No,
1: you don't have to. Let the population that's already there Empower them Let them know that they have the weight of the free world Behind them They'll do what needs to be done
2: Man, if only we had An organization That could run like clandestine and covert operations to set the stage for something like that. So we were ready
1: when it happened. If only we had, Uh, if only we had great, man, if only we had warehouses in Southern Florida filled with, you know, I don't know, cash guns, you know, communication devices, you know, those things that kind of, you know, that would empower those folks and help them organize train, and equip. uh, No, imagine uh, this, you know, take it a step farther, take it a
0: step farther. What if we actually had like a military presence on the island, right? Uh, you know, what? to provide logistics and research. Imagine if we had something like that; it'd be New Fail. Oh,
1: no fail. and if we had, and if we had, or an organization within the army that was specifically chartered to conduct irregular and unconventional warfare. We could give those guys like their own color berets. We, maybe we'll make them green just for shit to give, We'll make them green. Right. Well, let,
2: let, let, me give an example. Let me give an example. Now that we've got our sarcasm out of way for the next month and a half. So I'll give an example of something that I thought was really well done. I spent some time at Gitmo and I was there, uh, during a 4th of July and, let me tell you something, man. I've seen a lot of uh, good fireworks productions. Uh, the one in D.C. by far is the best one I've, I've ever seen. Uh, if you ha- if Folks in the, in the audience, if you've never been to D.C. for the fireworks on um, July 4th, do it before you die if you've got a, a patriotic bone in your body because it really is something to see. The second biggest and most impressive one I saw was a Gitmo because the way Gitmo sits, it kind of sits on the uh, south uh southeastern part of the island and uh it's on a bay obviously Guantanamo Bay and on the other side of that bay is Cuba baby and there are a lot of military folks on the other side of that bay you know always have been since uh since the communist revolution there you know watching Gitmo real close and when we put on a fireworks show like that that sends a message it's like hey man this is look look what we got isn't this cool in this great and they all get the same fireworks show we do that is a great psyop it's like it's not that hard man right right roger i mean it it, it's not that hard
0: well and here's what the (laughs) it, it let's take this several years down the road taiwan okay hey guess what China is going into Taiwan. That's going to happen. Uh, when you've got, uh, you know, Z saying that, oh, by the way, we haven't taken off uh, the military, like, straight military invasion of Taiwan. We have not taken that off the table and we are ramping up our military forces. That's going to happen. And the scary thing about that is, you know, they're going to pay attention to U.S. politics because uh, we brought up several times, you know, everybody forgets Crimea. And look at the administration that that happened under, where the, where the Russians went in and annexed somebody else's country, annexed part of a country. They took it. And we did nothing. We just sat there. And I tell you, it makes me wonder, like right now, if China was to go in, you know, and conduct military actions uh, in Taiwan, what would the US, U.S.'s response be? And, and I'm not sure we would do anything. And and that's part of the problem. It's it's like you have to be forward thinking with some of this stuff. Where uh, you know it's like the Romney thing. I mean, you know, I'm not a big Romney fan, obviously, but I tell you what, he was spot on when it came to that. And I think with a lot of this stuff, you have to look forward and say, wow, okay. One, you got the Cuba thing, which is going to go to a a complete waste. Uh, but you know, one of you, Josh is talking, yeah, I had no reporter who asked that question. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's, and I think Luke has brought this up in the past and how, you know, the Chinese are already running psyops here, like in Hollywood and the music and the action heroes and this and that, and even cartoons and Disney. And, uh, you've got, you know, John Cena apologizing when he called Taiwan a separate country and, and, you know, this or whatever it was. Right. Uh, I mean, they're already, you know, they're already spinning up. Uh, these pre combat activities. Uh, it's an information campaign. It's not even disinformation. It's an information campaign, right? Uh, it, it is PSYOP. So when it happens, what are we going to do? Uh, I'm betting that we don't do a whole lot. Uh, and, and now that I think about it, and I've been out of touch for the last couple of days, but it's the I can't remember. I don't think over the last week I've heard anything about Cuba. I mean, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's kind of just gone away so, uh, you know, I, I, I think we, sadly, I, I think we missed a boat on that. And then when you look at, uh, I guess I heard today, and I don't know if, Josh, you can probably correct me on this if, if he had actually brought it up earlier, but, you know, being out of Iraq uh, by the end of the year. And again, you can agree, people can disagree, agree why we're there, should we still be there, what's the presence or this and that. But uh, I'll throw this out. Actually, I remember the last time we left Iraq. Um, so when we leave Iraq at the end of this year, uh, how long before we have to go back? again
1: a couple couple of years see this is the thing with with afghanistan i'm not i'm not concerned and i don't think too many people are are concerned with a you know a foreign entity coming in and you know basically taking over afghanistan and you know and making them uh you know tow their line uh, you know just a graveyard of empires for a reason uh iraq is a completely different completely different uh dynamic uh you know, you take a look at all the Shia militia groups out of there. You take a look at all the Iranian influence that's in Iraq. Uh, you know, since basically since we went in and, and ousted Saddam, you're basically going to have two majority Shia countries. You know, right there and Shia Iran countries. And here's the problem: Saudi is not going to tolerate that. Uh, Saudi's not going to tolerate that at all. So the, that, the, the Saudis right now have got to be worried that we are leaving, you know, we're just going to completely pull out stops and, and do that. And now you've got, you know, taking into account all the VEOs that are now going to be able to use that um, as, a, uh, as a launching pad and uh i I, iraq uh iraq's going to go the same way it did in in 2013 with the early you know with the onset of isis uh isis going to you know 2.0 whatever we want to call them they're going to regain power the iraqi army is not going to fight they're going to you know they're going to throw down their weapons they're going to turn the turrets on their tanks uh backwards and and they're going to haul less uh that's just the that's just what's going to happen Uh, you think
0: they'll actually turn the turrets around or they'll just leave and leave the tanks there
1: well, they'll probably leave the tanks if they, but if <laughs> depends on if they've got a truck to get into, they'll get in. If they don't, then they'll drive the tank away. Um, <laughs> but they'll get in the fastest thing. Spoken, uh, you know, it just a couple of years. We're going to have to go back in uh, simply because it's just a completely different dynamic uh, than uh, than Afghanistan.
0: You think it'll be a couple of years?
1: I, I, I think twenty-four yeah. months. Yeah, we're not going to go back in under Biden, so it's at least going to be as long as that administration's in place.
2: I think it'll be interesting to see what happens because I, I I think it'll be similar to 2013, Josh. It won't be exactly the same, though, right? It, 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 there'll be something that happens, um, and when it happens, we'll be like, "Oh yeah, of course that that's we should have known that." But uh, yeah, I I agree with you, Josh. I don't think it'll be under a Biden administration. Maybe a Harris administration when he's forced to resign, or but. Uh, Yeah, Roger, I don't know about Taiwan. Um, I do agree that China, I I still maintain that China is going to play the long game with Taiwan and they're going to cut deals with powerful lobbyists who generally send us to war. Um, And they'll, they'll make assurances that we're going to take Taiwan, but you'll still be able to get your semiconductors. You know, Taiwan is known as Silicon Valley East. And I think deals will be cut. In the form of trade deals or whatever, to keep the lobbyists from going to Washington, you know, powerful, powerful corporations and with their lobbies and going to Washington and saying we need to send some carrier groups over there and and keep this from happening. Uh, I think China is smart enough to cut those deals to th- so they'll take it. I'll say without a shot fired, um, and we'll still be screwed because they'll renege on those deals. Um, I just I'm, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to do anything but I also don't think that China is going to, you know, have amphibious landing craft on the, on the shores of Taiwan. I think it'll be a lot slower and my favorite word insidious than that. I think it's going on right now. Like, like you said, Iraq, uh, yeah, I mean, boy, 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 I mean, there's, there's a lot of powerful lobbying groups in that part of the world. It's different. It's different than Afghanistan because you've got, uh, you know, you've got pipelines there. You've got oil fields there. And, um, you know, they, you know one thing Biden said way back uh, 2000, during the Bush administration, we were in Iraq. And Biden actually said, and I was like, you know what, maybe I agree with that. He was saying Iraq needs to be split up into three countries, you know, uh, balkanized. You know, you got the Shia country, uh, you got the Sunni country, and you got the Kurdish country. But, you know, I, I mean, it seems like a good idea on its face, but when, you know, you apply a little critical thinking skills to that, it's like, well, Biden said it, so... <laughs> uh, there's must be something I'm not thinking about This is a bad idea and it's the wrong call But <laughs> I, I don't know It's a mess um, So you, Roger real quick Did you see uh, the former White House doctor I think he's a congressman from Indiana Or something now Former White House surgeon uh, who, who tended to I think George W. Bush Maybe Barack Obama came out And he said I think on Hannity's show Or something that uh <laughs> B-knock Yeah Take to Josh for Peenoch here in a <laughs> second, but uh, I think the former White House doctor said that uh, he fully believes that Biden is going to either resign or be forced to resign before the end of his term did you did i didn't you see, see
0: that specific account? one. I, I did see where they were talking about uh, the cognitive test and and this and that, and, and I tell you it's this isn't even a Because I will tell you, like in the past as a senator, Biden has come out with some statements at the time that I agree with some of them. And, and, you know, as they were debating things on the floor, and it's almost sad because when you look, go go Google some stuff. Look on YouTube. Look at Biden 15 years ago. And and I know that can be said for everybody. I get it. Right. But that's my point. Um, Go look at Biden 10 years ago. Go look at Biden 12 years ago. uh, And then look at him now, dude. I mean, I'm not kidding where. If you watch his latest interviews, like, I don't know what he's saying. I mean, I get the gist of what he's saying because, right, we it's kind of like you, every other word's missing, so you— Bloodsuckers? <laughs> it's the, you know, you kind of know what's being said, and I know what he's saying because I know what the DNC stance is on it, and I, I see I hear the question from the media, so I already know what his response is going to be. So my mind, right, like when you're missing every other word, your mind just kind of pieces it together. So you get the grasp of what he's saying. But I tell you, for anybody out there that thinks we're we're BS and missing this stuff, go pull up any one of his transcripts, the ones that are not edited, right? Because the White House has been going back and editing transcripts to fill in the blanks. Uh, But go back and look at some of the YouTube stuff. or And I thought to Josh here in a minute for his direct quote, when you sit here and read his stuff, like I don't understand what he's saying. If you were just to read that, I have no clue what he's talking about. And I don't even know, he knows what he's talking about half the time, but it, it is a sad state when you look at him now and compare it to, to 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, you know, we all get older and, and your memory starts to fade or whatever, but it's clearly, clearly the guy's not there. And, and I think, you know, what's, what's worrying the democratic party now is, and I believe we all saw here, sat here and, and believe that, Hey, Kamala's going to take over after 12 or 24 months and move on da, da, da. that. Even now, internally, because I think Kamala, I think one of her staffers quit uh, and had to go get, like, therapy because of all the stress and and the the chaos within the vice presidential, uh, you know, all of her advisors and aides and this and that. But I tell you, when you – I think the Democrat Party's word, they're like, hey, um, our whole 10-year plan that we had uh, may be in jeopardy because, one, I don't know Kamala could get elected. And, two, uh, I don't think that she's competent. I truly don't when I when I see her responses to to questions when I I mean, you know, at first At first I I really really dislike Jen Psaki uh, Because I thought she was just very very piss poor as a white house press secretary Uh, But look at what she's working with man I mean, that's tough That is tough How do you go back and cover up the gas that that joe has Uh, and Everybody expects the gas to come from joe biden Look at kamala harris it's like, hey, not only do I have to cover, you know, Joe Biden's gas, now I got to cover yours, too. I mean, I think the Democratic Party is really worried about that. But let me let me throw to Josh. Cause I know he's got a, uh, a direct quote from from our president. That's probably going to be extremely enlightening.
1: Yes. So, right. Buckle up real quick. So Joe Biden, uh, a couple weeks ago, got asked a question about vaccines. How can we get, you know, the vaccine to be more popular? How can we get people to go get vaccinated Um, and stuff? And here was Joe Biden's answer. And I quote, And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you are. Why can't the experts say we know that this virus is, in fact, it's going to be or excuse me, we know why the all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved and but permanently approved. That's underway too. end quote.
0: What? It was hard. Just
1: it, it was hard just to read that. Right, but that, but that is, that is your president. Uh, that is that is President Joe Biden. Kamala's is qualified. Uh, Willie Brown says she's super qualified. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If she's qualified. I probably going to get us yelled at for misogyny or something. I don't know. I've got a know. I've got a quote too. From
2: October tw- October thirtieth, twenty twenty. Let me see if I can. Let uh, me see if I can read this one. Joe Biden, and we can link to the YouTube uh, YouTube video. True na lumina mum shabada pressure. I'll try that again. True na lumina na shabada pressure. We'll link to the YouTube article. He actually said that, so I don't know what that means. You know, Roger's talking about you know the the brain is you know smart enough or whatever to fill in the blanks, but I don't know what the hell he was talking about. He said he's going to mobilize a campaign to. True, not limited my shabada pressure. I'm serious, man. We'll link the YouTube article, and yeah, man, that that dude's. hmm. And and like Roger said, you know, uh, it happens to everybody, man. I mean, and it's sad. It really is. I think we've we've talked about this uh, in the past. uh, You know, you got you (laughs) feel bad for Biden. You know, Uh, whoever put him up to this. You know, it, it happens to everybody, and. We all fade away, but not everybody is the president of the United States, man. I mean,
0: I I love this. This is not a gaffe, but it's so Biden said in his statement that he is, quote, on track to have confirmed the most judges by July of the first year of a president's first term in over 50 years. And the headline below that is Senate confirms Biden's first judicial pick for New Jersey. So, one. (laughs) So, one.
2: I said bloodsucker earlier. Did you did you not get that reference? I mean, no, I didn't. Oh my god! So at the town hall, or maybe it wasn't the town hall. The same town hall where where the restaurateur who uh, runs thirty different restaurants asked him about the problem with employees. He's like, you know, we can't get employees because the government programs, you know, or the, you know, the the unemployment under COVID, you know, are getting sixteen dollars an hour. And Joe Biden goes, hey man, just pay them more. It's your problem. It basically, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. I think he said, it might not have been that town hall, but he goes, hey man, you know, you got, you got, you got younger people asking whether we put a man on the moon or whether aliens are visiting us now. And and it's like, that came out of nowhere. And it's like, what the hell? And then he said, you got some people in the, in the Republican party who think that, uh, you know, the Democrats are sucking little children's blood and it's like. (laughs) <laughs> what did you just say? Now, I know that QAnon, the, you know, the adrenochrome and stuff like that, you know, some of the crazy conspiracy theories. But, man, Joe Biden, you're really digging deep that Republicans think that Democrats suck children's blood. I mean, he actually said that people. Uh, Josh said he's going to post the uh, Bidenese episode again. Uh, it's great, man. I think that's, that's it's a good
1: time to do it because, man, this guy is off his nut, man. I've never. I, that's the first time I've heard that somebody's saying that like Democrats suck little kids' blood. Oh, oh, dude, dude, like, look like it up. You, you think I'm I have to check it? I, I have to look it up. No, no, no. I believe you. I just have to. Check, this is the first time I've ever heard it. I, oh. I, I don't think Democrats care about little kids, um, you know, because they they murder them in the womb. Uh, they're fully supportive of that, but I guess we'll save that for another episode.
0: Dude, and what Luke said pisses me off. It actually, because I I hear it and I I truly do try to ignore it because it's a bunch of bureaucrats who have never created anything. Well, just pay them more. Yeah, because, you know, small businesses, we just have money just floating out there, man. We just, you know, hey, you're right. Let's just, let's make it rain. Let's throw out another, you know, $5 an hour. Why not? It's like you guys and gals and not our listeners, but talking about the government, it's like most of you have no idea how a business operates. Uh, most of them have not generated $1 on their own, right, well, or, or made any type of payroll. And it's like, yeah, it, if I could pay somebody $5 more an hour, I would. But, oh, by the way, uh, unlike Solyndra, and we can go down the list, we actually have to make money to kind of stay in business. I mean, that, I that's the, the vast, reality
1: of it. I would say the vast majority of them have never signed both sides of a paycheck.
0: No, of course not. And, and they sit there, and they'll continue getting paid, uh they'll continue getting paid uh, regardless of what they do whether they do their job whether they don't do their job uh they're gonna make they're gonna take home their paycheck plus some i mean heck you got hunter biden out there you know selling his art for five hundred thousand dollars which hey man teach their own or whatever but you know I, I digress we got time let's uh let's go around the horn one more time and then we'll close this thing out what we'll, uh let's kick it to loop
2: oh i'm not prepared <laughs> I just, I just shot. Neither is Biden. You're fine. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll put, put it to you this. I'll, I'll say this. We've, we've really. Uh, I'll put it on myself more than, more than anybody. It won't make excuses, but we've really been on our ass about getting that, uh, getting that website up and running. Roger found, I think, a, a platform that'll work. So, uh, you know, things are slowing down at least for me. I know Josh is going to be busy over the next couple weeks, but uh, we will make an effort to try to get that up because i think it's it's doable and we'll be able to post these these clips so that you guys think that i'm making up uh <laughs> but we'll be able to put them on there so you can see it for yourself you don't have to uh, uh you know worry your little self about uh making 15 keystrokes and hitting enter on youtube we don't want y'all to work too hard to do research for yourselves because you know we'll, we'll do it for you but uh so real quick uh, a couple things uh you know when roger closes us out i want him to answer this question with your with your new trailer you got have you said yet because it would be the first thing i did have you said to anyone at any time jenner's full
0: (laughs) so i'm working on it
2: (laughs) so that would that that would be the best so i've got on my phone here uh old Carlton Zeus tried to call me a, uh, a little while ago and I sent him a picture of us recording and he said, well then maybe you can't use my music anymore because you don't respect my pronouns and you are racist. <laughs> so we'll, have to, we'll have to determine what Carlton Zeus's pronouns are so that we could get that right. So, uh, Carlton, another <laughs> shout out to you. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And, uh, thanks for all you who have been patient with us, uh, through this, these busy times. And, uh, we'll, we'll try to get back on track, giving you more episodes. So thanks for listening, Josh.
1: Yep. Uh, so I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be back on the road, uh, starting this week, headed out to, uh, Kansas for a, uh, for another wedding, just like last summer. Uh, this time I've been instructed, uh, that I cannot make any, uh, any any girls cry that's um based on um for my for my podcast interview questions so that uh it did not the the bride was a little upset last uh summer um we're gonna try not to upset this bride but who knows maybe i'll
0: uh, maybe are, are I'll we see gonna get are uh, you gonna are you gonna be able to do an interview though i mean are you gonna be able to pop some questions out? i'm through? gonna try
1: oh i'm gonna try uh i'll probably be a little bit more uh I'll probably be a little more, you know, controlled in the questions that I can ask. I've got to run them through the uh, the Ministry of Information, um, also known as the uh, the Broad. Uh, this this time, the specific questions for the specific people. Um, so yeah, but no, I'm definitely going to uh, try and do some uh, do some interviews uh, if uh, if I can sneak uh, sneak some in. So, but I'll be uh, I'll be on the road out there. Uh, I'll take my uh, i'll take my stuff just in case we uh try and get an episode in because i know everybody's schedule is going to be up in the air um, after this trip though my my uh timeline it slows slows way down uh until uh until september September's a little chaotic but other than that that's uh that's all i got
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, like Luke said, it's uh, hey, we have lives too. We don't make any money off this. uh, So it's a little tough. We've all got family things we got to do. We've got work things that we got to do and this and that. So it has been tough to get things out as regularly as, as what we would like. But I think now that Luke's stateside, so we don't have this, you know, 14 hour time difference that should help out a lot. Of course, I don't know. It seems like over the last couple of days, you've been less available than you were when you were in Slovenia, but I I get it. I get it. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, you, you got a lot of moving on stuff, but I think with Luke state side now, um, you know, and, and and Josh, uh, I think hopefully we can start getting out some, some, you know, regularly scheduled, uh, you know, uh, podcasts out there. So we definitely appreciate everybody for, for continuing to listen. Uh, you know, my daughter's listening now. She, um, what we're on episode 63, she said, Oh dad, I listened to your episode the other day. So she's catching up. She's only got 62 more episodes to go, uh, before she's caught up. So definitely want to thank her for, uh, you know, for listening to Culper's Canteen Cup. But, uh, last shout out, you know, to to Carlton Zeus. Oh, I do have one more thing. And I think Lou's got one more thing. Um, tracy stone manning you gotta look her up she is the uh the nominee for the bureau of land management um by the way she was also accused of like tree spiking back in the day so it's uh i tell you man you, you, you can't make this stuff up but before i close out let me kick it to luke i think he said he had uh, one one more thing
2: yeah one one more thing I, I won't uh use the name i guess well maybe i will maybe i will uh elijah thanks for listening if you've stuck with us this long he's a new listener and uh, appreciate you listening and uh yeah follow us and uh if you want to hear us talk about anything on your long drives or whatever just let us know so i wanted to give that quick shout out almost forgot so roger
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for everybody out there listening and watching us. Uh, thanks again to Carlton Zeus for letting us use his music. And well, I'll try to have Luke not be so racist so we can continue to, to use your music at the, at the beginning of our episodes. Uh, and again, you know, check him out on uh, Apple Music uh, or go to www.carltonzeus.com. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So, again, hopefully we have something out there fairly regularly out, you know, once a week, once every uh, 10 or 12 days. But uh, keep your canteen cups tightly secured.